I do have something that I've wanted to ask you all day, mm-hmm. and I figured I would wait till the podcast to do it. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> this never ends well. No, it probably won't either way. But you know, that's life, baby. So I was flipping through movies the other day, mm-hmm. and there is a 2000, I believe, eight film called Dim Sum Funeral. Now, I obviously, granted, I take it that that is a you know an Asian themed. Uh, movie about a funeral it's a comedy whatever Mm -hmm. but i really got to thinking like okay well who was that title for because as you may have noticed james Mm -hmm. i am shockingly caucasian yes and we're in pretty much every movie so my representation has never been an issue but being someone of a few different uh minority classes i guess um would you be more drawn to a film if the title of it indicated your ethnicity? Because I got to think in, in a way, if it was like Taco Funeral, for for example. Like, yeah, like I'm not just, trying to put you on a spot, but no, I'm trying to no, put it know, in perspective for me. No, how do I, I feel about it? What I'm saying is that, yeah, how would you even, as an Asian person, watch that and be like, "Oh, that's for me." No. Like, like, exactly. Like, who is this for? Why did you name it that? Put it this way. If the movie was called Taco Funeral. Yeah, okay. Well, we no, I'm just saying. It. No, but we can but change yeah. it to, like, okay. Yeah. For say, me. So, so, say say like a movie it. came out called, like, Burrito Wedding. Yeah. I would, I would be drawn to watch it for one reason. I wanted to see what kind of ungodly, racist piece of shit that I want to walk into. <laughs> the same thing. I, I used to collect, like, um, Frito Banditos and... Um, like, um, there was a style of marionette. They had marionettes in the 50s. But they also had a stereotype called the greaser, which is the lazy Mexican with the sombrero and the pistols and always sleeping. And they made marionettes like that. And I collect that shit. But, I mean, to but, make an entire film with a, I would assume, almost entirely, I mean, obviously, there's probably extras and side characters we, that are not Asian. Uh-huh. But to say that, yeah, I'm the star of Dim Sum Funeral, like, man. Yeah. Two things could happen, be happening here, Chris. One is, for example, if it's a Spanish language, let's say everybody in that cast is Hispanic. And I know everybody, like, say, they have, you know, all the 12 Hispanic people they always put in everything, right? If all 12 of them were in a movie... I'm going to see that movie. I don't care what the fuck they call it, you know, just because they're in it and they're not going to sign up for some bullshit. No, I know. But like, and the translation could have been the, the incident at the wedding. And I know that's that they're not marketing that to me. They're trying to get people who would not normally go to see that movie, to see that movie. That's kind of what I was alluding to is like, as an Asian person, like, I couldn't imagine seeing that and being like, oh, that's for me. I'm going to watch that. Mm-hmm. I would see that and be like, well, kind of fuck you. Yeah, I'd, I'd be like, well, fuck. I'll give it a chance because such and such is in it. You know what I mean? Right. Or like uh, it, the, uh, was it, my big fat Greek wedding? Like, mm-hmm. it, they could just be Greek in the film. You didn't have to allude to it in the title. Like, I don't understand. Well, like, actually, that was the part, of, that was the name of the stage show. and Right. But, okay. You get what I'm saying. No, I totally get what you're saying. Like, just what an odd thing to, like, look, this has Asians. Like, okay, man. Now with (laughs) even more Asians. Yeah, like, what what are you trying to say, man? What the fuck is this? I don't know who they're I really kind of want to watch it, too. But oddly, that could have been the actual name translated in English. 
But I think it was an American film. Really? I don't think it was like a foreign film that, yeah, was translated from English. Oh, I then think there's... it was an English-speaking American-made film. Well, maybe that Asian they're Americans. commenting on itself. Like, hey, we're going to sell this movie dim sum funeral. We all know to, you know, to white people come watch it. Why? Because they're... Because they're progressives. There will not be a single Asian person in the crowd. Exactly. But it could be a movie, again, by Asians for Asians and... The humor of the title just escapes us. Right. That's fair. I haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. It was just a weird thought that, like, when I saw it scrolling through shit, I was just like, well, who's this for? Like, it's too pandering to, like, be for Asian people. Like, Mm -hmm. this has to be for, like, the liberal versions of, like, Betsy DeVos. Like, (laughs) middle-aged white ladies that are just, like... I don't know. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Horror vomit Let's hear it for weird thoughts. Yeah. Nice tangents. Yeah. My late night stupid thoughts that mm-hmm. I, I couldn't let go of and I had to ask you about. Now it's in my head and you go fuck yourself. Well, hey, everybody. <laughs> still welcome to Horror Vomit-ish. Uh, we, we're not talking movies because people that make movies aren't getting paid. Mm-hmm. Damn the man. No. The, the people that collect income from movies are still getting paid. But and it, so- it gets worse the more you see, like, hey, want to see what I made for this big blockbuster where I had, you know, 50 working lines and they made $2 billion off? Yeah. $28.93. So, so, so we're on our uh, pretty much our general interest uh, mm-hmm. week three now. Yeah. So, uh, so James. Yes. Uh, you went first first. Mm-hmm. I went first, second. I guess I'm going first, third. I, th- I was going to say, it, it's a toss-up. How do you want to do this? Uh, let's let's start with me, because I don't know how much I got in this. Okay, let's hear it. Well, I was initially, uh, you know, my cousin Molly um, texted me. I was looking for, you know, suggestions. And she suggested Kiss. Were you know, Knights and Satan Service? Fucking A. The and very I was like, same? Yes, the exact same ones. But I decided to expand it because we both ha- have a like for different, two different types of glam rock. So here's my thing with Kiss. Oh, let's hear it. They're okay at best. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the devotion toward Kiss. I'm not going to say for a second that they don't have some fucking bangers. Mm-hmm. Because Strutter might be one of the finest rock and roll songs ever written. That's a fucking jam. Fucking deuce, man. Yeah, Deuce is really fucking good, too. Yeah. Uh, even Love Gun is really fucking good. Why don't we just say Kiss Alive and <clears throat> call it one? However, with the exception of maybe Destroyer, mm-hmm. as an album band, hmm. not great. They're, they're almost like Queen in that regard. They have really, really, really good singles, mm-hmm. but everything else I kind of don't like. Well, let's, I love Alice Cooper. Ooh, baby. But the thing now is... If you really listen to all of it, it's awful. Yeah. It's objectively not good. It is fucking terrible. But Pretty much that... anything <clears throat> past 1975 for Alice Oh, Cooper. he had a couple bangers after 75. Well, yeah, but that's why I said mostly yeah. everything made past like 75. But that's exactly what happened with Kiss. They hit about 78 with The Elder, I think. And I then, they, know, just, when... then they just kind of dropped the two core members of the band that gave them their sound. And then grabbed some new guys, dropped the makeup, and started sucking ass. Um, I think as soon as they pushed stop on recording Christine 16, they mm-hmm. should have just realized it was all over. But you got to understand the difference. I told you when I went to go see Kiss as a young, young person. Mm-hmm. Nothing fucking like it. 
drum risers, 30 feet in the air, fucking spitting fire, the whole shot. You see that as your first fucking band. That's incredible. Right. So you want to join a Kiss Army because these motherfuckers just went out and did shit. You just, your 11-year-old brain just fucking blown. So when I talk about Kiss, it's colored with that up until about 78. You know, right around 77, 78, I discovered the pistols in the dam. And my, my kind of worldview changed a tiny bit. So fun story about mm-hmm. Kiss, too. Uh, when I was, I believe, five or six years old, I can't remember exactly, uh, my aunt brought me an old turntable of hers. Mm-hmm. This was right around when c- CDs were getting uh, affordable for everybody. So she gave me her o- old turntable. Now, she gave me a shitload of records to go with that, most mm. of which I couldn't tell you what they were. It was probably Trini Lopez. Most of them were trash. Johnny Mathis. The three, and I still believe that I have one of them over there, and I think the other one I gave to uh, Punk Rock Neighbor Brad. But what the three records that I got from her that I actually kept was the an original pressing of Motley Crue's Shout at the Devil, uh, Rats Out of the Cellar, oh my God. And the very first record that I ever put on that turntable myself, and it's how I learned how to set a turntable, was Kiss Alive. Hell yeah. It was the first record that I ever listened to. But I was thinking of what what made me kind of switch just from Kiss, because Love Him or Hate, it basically it's when did Kiss catch you? Because you got to understand, my cousin, I, my cousin I talk about, Dave, Dave the Beast Martin, this motherfucker, you think... He was a super fan. He played bass and bands and shit. Fucking ask him about Kiss and then strap yourself in and be prepared to listen to about three hours of Kiss stories. And I fucking loved it because when somebody around me is really into something, fucking drags me. Whatever they're doing, I'm just down for because you're that passionate about it. I want to see why. Mm -hmm. You know, so I had that banging on me too. But I thought about what was it about Kiss that kind of opened up my head. And then, you know, I'd seen videos i'd seen alice cooper on the muppet show doing a little bit but then my cousin or not that cousin another one of my cousins showed me actual concert footage and i was just like the fuck am i looking at the fucking beheadings and shit and i'm like oh theater theater and music Mm -hmm. and that just blew my tiny little mind because i didn't think that existed i knew there were the music videos and shit but this was even before that this was just like blowing my tiny mind i can physically watching this, whatever is going on. I didn't know what plays were. I didn't know. But basically, I'm watching a musical play. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck me, run. And I love this shit. But a lot of the aesthetic, too, a lot of bands that uh, I'd heard on the periphery that I'd really got into, but when you're that age, I didn't have access to music like I have access to music now. Yeah. So if I heard something, I had to wait till the 40-minute block of songs was over and remember what order that song was in so I knew what that song was or what that band was. It was when you'd go, when record player, when record stores, all record stores, even the one at the Kmart, there was a curator there saying, hey, look, oh, I seen you here last week. You picked up this. You might like this. And that's even at the, you know, the department stores because they cared about the audio. Yeah. And, you know, all that kind of stuff. But in order for me to get it, you know, I was listening to like, um, oh, God, T-Rex. Dude. Bowie. I fucking love T-Rex. Right. One of my all-time favorite bands. So when everybody says glam, because we are about 10, 12 years apart, something like that, 
when you think of glam, you're thinking of metal. When I think of glam, I came up with that up until, to me, Kiss is the same kind of glam. And then when they got that other kind, I didn't get it. I lost it. I was like, something's missing and I don't understand what it is. Why am I, why am I not enjoying this as much as this? I still don't understand. I still don't like cheese metal. So then where would you put the New York Dolls and all of that too? Because that was... Oh, they were fucking glam as fuck. They, were, say, they well, were one of the well, originators. I'm, like, Well, that, what I'm saying is as far as like bringing almost like theater to rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, they were ostensibly the second punk band ever. Right behind the Stooges. Yeah, I would. Eh, I'm yeah. not counting the Velvet Underground. That is fucking no, 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 grateful no, no, no. Bed with leather jackets. <laughs> I got a couple of songs I could bring that might argue that point, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, well, I mean, it's like the foundations of like punk rock because I mean, without the New York Dolls, we don't have uh, Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers. Mm. We don't have Richard Hell and the Voidoids, which is where Sex okay. Pistols and yeah, punk yeah, rock no, in no, general I got you, comes I got you. from. But they also, you know, back then it's like uh, Sweet. Oh, dude, Sweet rules. And, and not quite right. Who the fuck am I thinking of? Come on, feel the actual thing. Slade. Slade. They had yeah. their glam area. Do you ever see pictures of fucking Slade as glam dudes? Uh huh. <laughs> I wouldn't want to get beat up by that. I don't know what's going to happen afterwards. But I mean, I, I do love that that entire tradition carried down and it got so ridiculous too, as to the point where like ZZ Top had spinning fuzzy guitars. Well, you know, and I love too when I'm um, fucking up in smoke when they were doing the rock and roll. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it came out, it came out in a fucking tutu and oh, I loved it. It was, the, I was like, yeah, you got it. That was a perfect mix between like punk, new wave and glam. I was like, yeah. Yeah. It was a real bummer. The germs were supposed to be in that. Uh, they, what, they, the germs played their, well, I guess played as much as the germs ever played a set. But yeah. And, uh, they were the first to record their set and the filmmakers were just like, fucking no, we can't use any of this. This is garbled trash. Well, that's, you know what, there's like bands that are notorious for that shit. It's like, I used to like TSOL. I, that's one band that I never liked. I how about, don't know why. How about Saxon? Saxon's okay. Fastway? I don't know Fastway. Mm-hmm. Okay, we might have to put some on you. Well, but, I, I, anyway, what was the point that we were, I'm sorry, I oh, no, I far afield. I'm, I'm like three bands away from me. I got to reel back. No, but the point that you were getting to as far as you wanted to talk about Kiss, but wanted to expand it to... Glam, but also we have different theories of glam because your glam is different than what I think of. Not necessarily. I mean... Because if we start with like all the the bands you mentioned, Rat, Poison... That's not glam. Okay, well, that's what they called it at the time. Yeah, that's hair metal. Okay. Or in the case of Poison, Pop. Okay. Well, see, that's where I was confused because for years during... The big deluge of that, that's what they call it. They call it glam metal. Yeah. yeah I, so. I mean, I'm not saying that that's not an accurate term, mm-hmm. but I don't like using it because I have far more respect for actual glam rock mm-hmm. that, than to attach the glam label to a band like Motley Crue that I also really genuinely love, but that's not glam whatsoever. That's mm. uh, mixing classic rock with punk that they listened to in the 70s yeah i okay well that that loosens it up a little bit for me because if, if the people in you know who are into it don't really call it glam then now, I'm like, i would say though as far in i think they get lumped in with hair and metal uh unfairly 
one of my all-time favorite bands, Hanoi Rocks. They are definitely oh, a glam band. I talk shit about Hanoi Rocks just because I I like to make fun of the music. And you know how you like to make fun of one thing? You make fun of all of it. Uh-huh. I like Hanoi Rocks. Dude, one of my all-time favorite fucking bands. They got about three bangers I like. And the rest sounded like everything else at the time, but they had three or four songs that I'm just like, oh, okay, they're, you're different. There yeah. was a, like Raging Slab came out at about that time. Yeah, Andy McCoy, Hanoi Rocks guitarist. Like he learned how, the way he learned how to play guitar was learning flamenco from his grandfather. Oh, fucking A. Like Andy McCoy's really good. <laughs> nice. Well, and, and, and again, this is a whole era of music. Like one of my buddies, I wish I ever knew whatever happened again. Mike Tobin, he was the biggest glam metalhead in the entire fucking universe. The only reason I know anything about that music is I wouldn't have fucked with it at all. is because he persistently played everything. So I got I had to hear entire albums. But every once in a while, I'd be like, hmm, what's that? And there, there's some talent here? What? Oh, wow. <laughs> you, they're called Wasp, you say? <laughs> yes. Well, no, Wasp, wasp transcended. <laughs> even, even when I was in my, if it's fucking, not punk, I won't listen to it phase. Fucking love Wasp. Wasp somehow slipped in. Yeah, because Blackie Lawless is a mean motherfucking man. <laughs> yes, he looks like my auntie. Yep. Mm-hmm. With a new dye job and a blowout. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Looks like he's going to yell at the kids for being on the lawn. But looks I mean, kind of like Amy Schumer. Glam rock, it, it does hold like a weirdly special place in my heart because it's one of those things that like I kind of got into, you know, when you start like getting into music on your own. Oh, yeah. And it's not so much like what's on the radio. And like I had heard of David Bowie, mm-hmm. but, you know, you hear on the like uh, his more poppy songs on the radio. Mm-hmm. And then just, you know, you hear Suffragette City once and you're like, Oh, that was kind of fucking rocking, actually. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, I'm not going to take away from Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. That's a great album. Fucking band was amazing. But, I mean, as far as, like, David Bowie in general goes, there's a lot of his stuff that I super don't care for. Mm-hmm. Especially when you get to, like, the Ashes to Ashes era. Oh, I love that shit. Ugh. See, you got to understand, I don't have this anti-disco rant that a lot of people have, and a lot of people didn't like that. Because, like, a lot of bands tried to do a disco sound for a minute. <clears throat> to me, who enjoys dance music, I was fucking, all right, now I get a cool mix of shit that I listen to with other shit that I listen to. Irritated the fuck out of everybody who's got to be rock. We're going to go burn the records. I'm like, fucking, I couldn't say anything because I was outnumbered, but disco did not suck, dude. Yeah, it's fine if you're into it. I hell just, yeah. I, I have nothing bad to say about disco. It's just not my jam. Oh, hell yeah. But, I mean, I get what you're saying, but... I don't know. I lost the point. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. But what specifically about glam did, did you want to talk Oh, about? I, there's a bunch of things I wanted to touch on. One is, one of the things I was talking to my oldest about, and I, a lot of people have forgotten. There was a, I don't know how old the movement is. I just know I'd, I've seen some people like 80s, 90s. I see them occasionally to this day. There was a, it was called gender fuck. It was a whole movement. Is like, you, what are you, guy or girl? Well, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you for asking. Uh-huh. And I love the primacy of that. I love the idea of, hey, it's none of your fucking business. This is my scene, beat it, loser. Yeah. You know, you don't like it. You don't hang with us. We're here. Fuck off. 
Yeah. And that's one of the things that like, I, I don't know exactly if it's true, but in the uh, book, please kill me. Mm-hmm. The, uh, autobiography, I guess, of punk rock in the seventies. Um, they talk about when David Bowie first started coming around, mm-hmm. and, you know, he would wear his suits with his slicked to the side hair and oh, everything. Yeah. And then he met, uh, like people from Andy Warhol's factory. And, uh, you ever listen to Wayne Co- or Jane County? Mm. It was Wayne County back then, but not sure. Uh, old kind of punk rock, kind of glam, uh, trans. No, I'm not familiar. Kind of punk, again. Yeah. From like the mid early seventies ish. Mm-hmm. really, really good shit. And that's when David Bowie met people like that and mm-hmm. then became Ziggy Stardust, gotcha. which I'm not going to say is the birth of glam, but it definitely put it like on the map, would you say? Yeah, I think what I like about the original jam- or glam is that, one, they were putting out what they liked to play, kind of like Skiffle Poppy, and they did whatever the fuck they wanted. And all the music was getting harder, and they're like, okay, we'll harden it up a little bit, but watch this. It's still going to sound good. Fuck off. That's the next thing that I wanted to say in defense of glam rock is that are they virtuosic uh, musicians? No, not really. They're good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know what I value a lot more than being a fantastic musician? Being able to write a song that I actually like. Being a good musician. Sometimes people... Yeah, Joe mm-hmm. Satriani. Yeah. Don't need to listen to it ever. Like, I get it, dude. You're really good. Yeah. Can you write a song, though? Can, can something no, oh, that no, I you cannot... just want to jerk off on a record for fucking 45 minutes. Can you, can you kind of, you know, just put that in sonata form a little bit? Just, you know, shorten it up a little bit and kind of give me parts that I know? Yeah, like, I don't need to sit and listen to Steve Vai. Just be good. <laughs> or who's the other dude that... I think he still tours. Was it Ingve? Uh, Joe Bonamassa? Oh, fuck that guy in the neck. Yeah, like, yeah, man, I get it. You're really good at guitar. These songs suck, though. How can you be that good at guitar and be that fucking boring? Yeah, I say, I love the blues. It, I love blues. It's not so much glam, but you know who is not a like great, like virtuosic guitarist? Keith Richards. You know who can write a fucking song? Keith, Keith motherfucking fucking Richards. Richards. Yeah. But a lot of times those two don't go hand in hand. I mean, if you think if you think about it, does Joe Cocker have a voice? Yeah, <laughs> we, we all have a voice. But does he have? A, you know, can he sing? No, he can. He can yell in key kind of interestingly. Yeah. Okay. Wow, <laughs> drunk as fuck. Exactly. But I'll fucking listen to him. Why? Because I don't know how why he does it or how he does it, but he makes me want to listen to him. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like it. If we're going to talk about, like, glam metal or whatever. Jimi Hendrix, listen to his voice. Yeah, one of my favorite, like, I guess hair metal bands, if you want to call it glam, whatever, sure. Guns N' Roses. I know you don't care for them, but, like, yeah, Slash is a pretty fucking good guitarist. But you know Mm. what they have other than him? Izzy Stradlin to write the song. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people forget that. You know, they, or, or they'll give up on the good just striving for great. Uh-huh. But it's much easier to get to good than find great. Yeah. I mean, perhaps in my opinion the best meld of that was Randy Rhodes mm-hmm. of being really 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 good but also knowing how to just write a song that people can listen to. Mhm. And I I mean is Ozzy would you say Ozzy fit in that like glam metal 
early kind of? I'm going to have to say that even no matter what you do to Ozzy, you could put a mohawk on Ozzy. Okay? You can give him bows little clown hair. It's still going to be fucking Ozzy. Right. You can't change that coal mining, pasty ass, <laughs> fucking drugged out motherfucker. I don't care what milieu you put him in. I don't care what clothes you put him in. It's fucking Ozzy. Yeah. <laughs> it sure is. So I wouldn't call it glam because there's no way. I've seen his band, dude. That's fair. They're not... It's just like, um, if you ever really look at the members, it's like seeing, it is exactly like seeing Slade trying to glam. It's just, that's just not right. That, I was just going to say, like, there's a reason, though, that, like, I s- like bands like uh, The Sweet so much. Because, mm. like, yeah, it, none of this is technically insane, but that's a good song, and mm. it's fucking rules. You know what a lot of bands first learn to cover? Ballroom Blitz. It's a you know, fucking banger, man. You know why? Because it's not that hard to play, but it's really good, and mm-hmm. everyone likes it. Well, like Run Run Away is the stupidest fucking song in the entire universe. And like, I, I would even, I guess, throw Cheap Trick in there. You know why people like Cheap Trick? Because they're fucking they're good. Because <laughs> they cheap. write songs that are good. You do realize that I'm from Chicago, and I'm of an age. Yeah, I know. The thing is, the bad news about Chicago area is, if you got big there, you're never gonna you're never gonna sell out full price in Chicago again. Because I'd be like, I I used to go spend ten bucks for you to go see you down the street. I'm not spending two hundred dollars to see you. No, fuck you. <laughs> no. Uh, but you know, Cheap Trick is the shit. Plus, they're good musicians. Yeah, exactly. And I I don't know if that they fall in exactly into that glam category. Oh, they were there way before. It. And way after. Oh, yeah, they sure were. Yeah, they Was were. Was it The Fire? Mm. Or The Ugh. Flame? Yeah. I, oh, I, I prefer not a, to talk. What a turd. I prefer not to talk about that because I try to enjoy my cheap trick. And I can unironically wear a cheap trick shirt to this day. Uh-huh. And not even get a second look. Okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's about right. Yeah, because cheap trick rules. Fucking A. Uh, well, I just got mid- real Midwest there. But uh, speaking of another thing that rules and that everybody likes. Oh, yeah. I got a question for you, James. Mm-hmm. You have a favorite sandwich? Mm, to narrow it down to a favorite sandwich? I'm just saying, do you do you have a favorite oh, sandwich? Oh, fuck yeah, I do. You have no idea what it is, do you? No. An Italian beef sandwich with red sauce and cheese like jardinier. Not a full dip. Mm. Just, just, an, just enough to get the bun moist. Mm. Fucking fantastic. Or a combo with an Italian sausage. Oh, or, oh. So would Chicago, you consider... Your I'm Chicago's sorry. really coming out when you say sausage. Would you consider a Polish sausage sandwich? A what? Or is it, would it be a sandwich like a Polish sausage on white bread with I, okay, onions? Okay, and... I thought about that when preparing for this. The Is a hot dog a sandwich? That's not a debate I'm willing to have with you right now. Okay, the other, okay, there, it's down to two then. Maxwell Street, fucking pork chop sandwich. Why so are you pointing at me aggressively? Because I need <laughs> you to taste one of these motherfuckers. I've been trying to recreate it my entire life. I'm almost there. So I know I talked about cereal last week, and we yeah. do we like to talk about food because it's something that we know about. But you know Tiny what? It, cereal was more of just the like, man, what an amazingly weird product to be as big as it is. I really just wanted to shine a light and show a lot of appreci- appreciation for the fucking sandwich. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, 
There is almost nothing on this earth that makes me as happy as a good sandwich. And there is almost no sign of a better, like, creative culinary mind than a good sandwich. It's You are exactly right, because I've been in kitchens where the test is, make a burger, get crazy. Yeah. Now, the thing is, there were two tests. One is presentation. The other one is get crazy, but be accessible. You mm-hmm. know, have the bite be something that A, is recreatable, <laughs> and B, doesn't taste like ass. Because you know how you can put that one last ingredient. You think you got this perfect thing, you put one thing in, uh-huh. tasted perfect up until then, but you think it needs just a tiny bit more of that, and you just have a fucking bowl full of ass. Yep. And it just the versatility of the alone oh, of God. the sandwich is fucking amazing. Because you got everything from your meatball subs to your just cold cuts Mm -hmm. on bread to, and here's what I kind of specifically wanted to get to the melt because it's more than just a grilled cheese, man. I think if you can make a good melt, Mm -hmm. that is some of the finest sandwiches that you will ever have. And I'm willing to throw in like your paninis or like your pressed subs, like a Cuban. Yeah, but there's, I will tell you just, just a sidetrack when I was in, Toulon, France, when I was, we were um, out there, God, I think about three weeks, at this park where they would um, broil kebabs, you'd pick the one, lamb, chicken, beef, whatever, yeah. they'd broil them, you'd pick the sauces and the oils, and then do up the bread, and then they'd kind of grill the bread so it had that little brown on it. Yeah. And it wasn't a panini press, but it would smash the sandwich, but it, it, paninis trend to leave like the grill marks, etc. Yeah, treads. Yeah, this is more of a, this is more of a... Uh, Sorry, this is irritating me. Um, this is more of a, it's just hold all the juices and it just kind of seals it a little bit. Yeah. They were fucking amazing. Because you could order, what I did was I ordered off the board the first three times. And I knew a tiny bit of Spanish. So I said, hey, do you speak Spanish? And I said, yeah. I said, do you mind if I order one that I make myself? And he's like, do you cook? And I'm like, yes. He's like, have at it. Oh, I was like... You know, because I didn't have a lot of time to experiment on the ship. We only have a limited amount, and you cook what you cook. Mm-hmm. But I got to actually start creating my own shit. I was in heaven, dude. And that's one of the things where if I go to a new restaurant, I kind of don't care what your entrees are. Like, if you're doing something real interesting as an entree, sure. But I want to see what you can do with just the concept of a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Because there are sandwiches out there that, you know, suck. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then there are there is a sandwich, and everybody's had one somewhere. Everybody has their favorite sandwich shop. We're like, no, they got this weird-ass thing that they make down here, and you can't fucking find it anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And just the versatility alone of a sandwich, and specifically the melt, oh, because God. you have to be very careful, because obviously you can't like put lettuce and shit on mm-hmm. a melt. Nope. So you have to be very specific about what you put in it. Especially if textures are important. Exactly. And also, you can't make it too big. It can't be like a club Mm-mm. because then it's going to be shitty. Yes, it's going to implode on itself. The weight will kill it. Uh huh. So I just I find it very interesting the melt. And what spurred this is obviously you saw my garden that I'm mm-hmm. growing. I cut some of that fresh arugula. Oh, yeah. So I threw some arugula, some onions, some chopped mushrooms, mm-hmm. and some garlic in a pan and sauteed that Ooh. down and put it on a turkey melt. Ooh, buddy. Yeah. 
buddy. And about once every two years, I really, really get into making, just seeing like, how far can I push this? What is good? What's something that I can do that like wouldn't be in a sandwich? And like, I've gone as far as to take like mashed potatoes Mm -hmm. and then bread them, fry mashed potatoes with like bacon and blue cheese mixed in with it oh. and then putting a little bit of like ham so on you there. just made tray flat kiss yeah oh my god it sounds and, amazing and that's what i'm saying is that like what else could you do that with with a sandwich <laughs> wow it's fucking incredible the sandwich is so fucking perfect <clears throat> and we're just talking about like deli sandwiches you know what's almost a perfect sandwich peanut butter and jelly Yes, but I'm going to take back my favorite sandwich. If I had to choose for the rest of my life a sandwich that I would always have, it would. I would. I, I'm. I'm sorry to my beloved Italian beef. Yeah, no, no disrespect to the Italian beef. But it is one of the princes of sandwiches. You squat to Barnum and Bagel, a couple of different places, way on, way, way out, Skokie and that, and they would hand cut. The brisket for the for the uh, the Reuben sandwiches, and it it would be about eight inches thick. Bread's about half inch, half inch, but toasted on both sides to carry the weight, and it's just piled high with homemade sauerkraut. Baby, you know the one where you can taste the caraway seeds still in it. Oh yeah, okay. Oh yeah, but you're you're now, speaking my language. Everybody now. loves the thousand. I'm not a big thousand fan, so I would switch out for a nice bright mustard. And to let, the, you know, when the Swiss cheese melts, it kind of blends. Oh, that's, so you got, that's a perfectly acceptable substitute. So you got tart, tart. But by the time you get the mouthful of that corned beef and it's just dripping and everything just melts into crunch from the bread and the big bite out of fucking deli pickle right after, ah, uh, cheese and rice, buddy. <laughs> so it it's made kind of differently almost everywhere you go. But if you give me a good quality Cuban... Oh, fuck yeah. Hands down, my favorite sandwich of all time. You know what? Most people fuck that up. Exactly. The pickle. What? They fuck up the pickle. What do you mean? They get the wrong kind of pickle. Like, I've had great human sandwiches, and I get to the pickle part. (laughs) Sweet pickle. No. I know. Yeah, I've, the, seen, I've seen them ruin it that the, way. The place that I worked at last made Cubans completely wrong uh-huh. with mayonnaise on them. Oh. And also bread and butter pickles. It's like, nope. No. You're doing that wrong. I would, and provolone cheese. If I'd have taken wrong. a bite of that, I would have given it right back and said, this is not a Cuban. Can I have something else? And I'm not usually a dick at restaurants. But if you tell me something's a Cuban and I got it's got fucking mayo in it and sweet pickles, it's just like handing me a handful of ground beef in a tortilla and telling me it's a taco. It's not a fucking taco. No. <laughs> it sure isn't. Yeah. But, I'm, what man, you give me a good Cuban, and mm. it is one of the most satisfying sandwiches because, again, you get the fattiness from the pork, the super salty from uh, the ham, that mellowness from your Swiss. Dude. And the pickle. And pickle, mm. yes. And then they usually use, like, I forgot I forgot they used to have, I forgot what they used to call the different textures of bread, but it's thicker, denser bread. It is. So it's got a little chew to it, and you got to kind of wait. Especially when you press it because it gets mm. crunchy on the outside, but it retains that Yeah, but you got to get it the to center. the right the right you got to let it sit for a second because you can't chew it till it softens just a tiny bit but once it gets there it's game on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or it's a real toss-up between that and uh you know what 
No, it's definitely second. The meatball sub. I fucking, you know, since I moved to Michigan and have difficulty uh, getting anything that I like. Yeah, because they don't make sauce the way that you like it here. Yeah, I default, I default to a meatball sandwich. Because, you know, most of the deli out here is not. I'm sorry to say, nothing against Michigan, you got shitty deli. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, it's just not your fault. You're not a deli culture. I get it. I'm not trying to bang on Michigan too hard, but I fucking, just basics, basics. I just, mm, so meatballs as close as I can get to home. Yeah, and I'm saying though, like, you get a good meatball sub, which is that perfect amount of marinara, that perfect amount of toastiness, mm-hmm. not too much, and a too lightly toasted and they don't use the giant meatballs it's the right size Uh they cut them right yep man it's it's one of those things that you sit down and eat it and go god damn that's good yeah but you can't eat another one for a minute (laughs) no and that's what i'm saying is that you can make a complex sandwich too and some of those are good Mm -hmm. but uh just a well-made club good bread good turkey good ham Mm -hmm. A good club sandwich built correctly with the three layers because places around here like to just make two-layered club sandwiches, mm-hmm. which is garbage. That's not a fucking club sandwich. I don't even you know why they call it. It's, it's, it's a turkey bacon sandwich. Go fuck yourself. Exactly. <laughs> if it's not stacked, it's whack. Exactly. And I was thinking about it, too. Is like, man, even like Elvis, his supposed favorite sandwich, the peanut, peanut butter, butter and bananas. bananas. Exactly. You have to do that with a sandwich because otherwise you're just a maniac sitting and eating a bowl of fucking peanut butter. Oh, but with what I understand is he would hollow out a loaf of bread, drop a, drop like a whole jar of peanut butter and about 10 bananas in there and eat it like that. Right. But what I'm saying is that that's, like, that's a catastrophe right there. Generally speaking, like you can't just eat a bowl of peanut butter and bananas like a fucking maniac. No, but you put, you didn't bread. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Throw a little honey on there. Well, you know what I'm going to do? Remember we were talking about those, um, oh, God, the, the pork chops, the the ones, uh, the ribeye pork chops? Yeah. I'm going to smash down a couple of those, get a couple nice big Kaiser rolls and garlic butter them. Oh. And saute, just, I'm not even going to fuck around. I'm just saute some onions, a little salt and pepper, boom. A little salt and pepper on my, my uh, pork chop flipper, get nice, get that. Good edge on it. You know where it got that nice, beautiful brown edge? Mm-hmm. And it gets that little fat pocket in the middle. Slap a, put that on there. Slap a big old slice of cheese on there. And just eat it like that and let the juice drip down. That's what I'm doing tomorrow. Let's say, in being from Chicago and me being from here, you've stopped at places in between. One of the best things that you will find in the Midwest is the pork loin sandwich. It's the smashed fucking pork tenderloin that's breaded and oh, fried. Oh, fucking A. Dude, you can find those all over in the Midwest. Dude. But I got a tip for you. I, I make them in a certain way. Mm-hmm. So you bread and fry your pork. Just standard. Mm-hmm. However you like it, however much garlic, salt, pepper, yada, 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 yada. Throw some pickled red onions mm. and some caper mayonnaise on top of it. You can't do capers. Well, really? Yeah. After this whole pickle discussion... No, the thing is, I love the flavor of capers in my food, okay? It does add something. There's a flavor there that I like. But there's something about getting the burst of flavor from the thing, the way it chews. It, it, like, I will, get, I will get that with things. There are peppercorns on them, but I have to push them to the side because I, I love the flavor they add, but I can't eat them even with the sauce or the food. May I make a suggestion? Hmm. Have you ever fried a caper? Yes, I have 
And they come out like green popcorn? Yes. Not a fan still? Nope. Hmm. And again, I here, here's the deal. Every time I try something, I'm looking for a way to like it. Just like with movies. I want to like stuff because I very discriminate. Yeah, you if know? you're investing time in it, yeah. I want to like it. I don't want to go into things saying this is going to fucking suck. So I went, I remember when I was learning about grits, how to prepare them and how many different ways there were to prepare them. I never fucking liked them. You know, I just, I did not care for them. I've tried them sweet, hot. I've tried them sour, tried them upside down with whipped cream. I've tried every kind of goddamn way to have grits and I just can't do them. Really? But I wanted to like them because I was stationed in South Carolina for three and a half fucking years. Every time I would go order a bowl of oatmeal, I would get the same spiel from the same waitress. Oh, you, we eat grits around here. And I'm like, I didn't ask to be around here. I'm a card carrying. Send me the fuck back North Yankee. I would like a bowl of oatmeal and some iced tea without some sweetener in it, please. Wow. You, you can get right the fuck out of there. No, I tip well. And they thought it was funny after a while. And they would have my iced tea and they would make my oatmeal. And they make fun of the Yankee coming in. Surprised the locals didn't surround you with pitchforks. That usually happens, but not at that particular time. So here's the question, though. It, it, since we were talking about like grilled sandwiches, mm-hmm. what have you? Do you prefer a grilled sandwich or toasted? Grilled. If we're talking about like just bread, bread flat itself. out grilled. Really? Yeah. See, I th- I think there's different uses for both. I I will agree that like. Yeah, a melt is better, but if you're not going to put cheese on the inside of that grilled bread, toast it. Mm, it depends, again, on what we're building the sandwich on. When we talk about toasted sandwiches, our options completely widen, okay? Now we can talk about vegetables. We can talk about different meats. We can talk about different flavor samples, but these are like these two sandwiches are apples and oranges completely because of the temperature that you can serve them at. You right. can serve hot things in between toasted bread. Yes. Okay. And if you prepare them properly, they're not going to soak through. That's a whole different story. But toasted bread is specifically to me to hold the juice. It's it's a boat and a texture. Yes. Plus, it's adding fat and salt to whatever you're eating. And the little bit of sugars from the caramelizing of the bread during Absolutely. the toasting process. So it, it's a subtle taste difference, but it's a taste difference nonetheless. Um, so I would prefer, if I was going to have a sandwich, to not have the vegetables. Just If you're going to make me a Reuben, fuck it. Just give me the bacon, turkey, and cheese. We'll call it a day. On a Reuben? Not on a Reuben. I meant to say a club, but eh, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it's a whole different thing. When I want a sandwich, I... I'm not eating a sandwich for health reason. I'm eating the sandwich for one reason, one reason only. I'm fucking hungry and I'm tired of goddamn cooking. And I don't want to fuck around. Because a sandwich to me is not cooking. Even if I got a pan out and I'm throwing ingredients together, it's not cooking. It's a sandwich. Now, but what about like a veggie melt where you would roast you know, a, an array of vegetables? Well, then I would then... still have to be grilled because of the... The, the uh, moisture content in all your vegetables, even grilled, once put on that right, bread. Right, but are you, would you say that that's not cooking when you have to roast vegetables and then, obviously, butter bread, put it in a pan, wait for a nice cheese to melt? To then... me, that's not really cooking. It's a 10-minute it's a thing. You chop some vegetables, toss it in a pan. You're, you're sautéing while you're getting your other stuff ready. It takes 10, 10, 15 minutes on a bad night. To me, 
To me, cooking is anything over 30 minutes in my kitchen. I, I would call it not cooking if you had bought like a frozen roasted vegetable mix and just thawed it out and warmed it up in the microwave and put it on a That's sandwich. vegetables. But what I'm saying is that if you're taking the time to slice and roast and whatever else, all I, got you. I guess you're right. I mean, I guess because I've done it so long that it doesn't, the prep doesn't count as work to me. You know what I mean? To me, the work is what you throw in the pan. Then my brain goes, okay, I'm doing something. If like I'm chopping like, veg and I'm doing something else, I'm listening to the radio. I don't even know I'm doing it. Right. Because, I mean, it's something as easy as like a tuna melt. I put a lot of care into the mixture that I put the tuna mixture because that's the bulk of your sandwich gotcha so i mean i would call all of that cooking effectively yes i guess i i, I think the difference that we can make is when you have Making done a grilled cheese isn't cooking sure right to me i have done this so often and for so long and for so many hours and so many times in a year that until it seems like work to me it's not cooking you know what i mean if i'm calm you know chopping vegetables for me it's kind of a relaxing routine because it's muscle memory. I don't have to be in the moment. I don't have to process. I'm just doing something to music. You know, and that that's the big differentiation for me. One of the reasons why this job that I have is perfect for me is I just go with the flow and I kind of find my job and it happens, you know. And I'm way past where they want me to be, but, you know, that's the perfect thing because I don't have corners to put myself. I don't even know I'm working. I'm just kind of there listening to my jams. And that's the, so once I start, once everything goes in the pan, now I've got to pay a hundred percent of tech. I'm an active participant in what I'm doing. Right. I don't have to think I got cat's paws. I'm not cutting myself. I know how to do this. I can look you in the eye and cut a whole, you know, I don't care. So it's just muscle memory and fun and it's relaxing. Once it gets in the pan and now I've got to watch because I don't want to over caramelize. I got to make sure the onions, I'm going to have to separate out the onions a little bit. Oh shit. We moisture content's too much. We've got to drain off. Do I have to reinfuse oil? I'm fucking, now I'm cooking, okay? Yeah, but up until that moment, I'm not cooking. So for me, 10 minutes in a pan isn't cooking. And I, I think we are neglecting one of the crown jewels of the uh, sandwich realm. Hmm. The, uh, the ice cream sandwich. Oh. Because James, I don't know a single person alive Except for people who might not like chocolate or ice or cream. Or lactose intolerant. Yeah, in, but I don't know anyone who enjoys things like that and doesn't go, oh, hell yeah, when you offer them an ice cream sandwich. No, I don't think there's a person alive that would not, even even if you're clinically depressed, you see one of those, you just get that kind of, ooh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because they stick to your fingers and you can never eat it before it starts sticking to your fingers because they immediately start melting. But I wanted to ask you also, do you go for the classic uh, weird chocolate wafer uh, vanilla ice cream vanilla one? ice cream, or do you go cookie? See, the thing is, when I think of ice cream sandwich, cookie is its own thing. Because cookie didn't exist for me right. until I was well old. Right. So to me, an ice cream sandwich is always sandwich. Is always going to be that little crappy chocolate cake wafer mm-hmm. and that horrible soft serve ice cream inside. And it's bringing back sense memories too. Of the, we used to get the ice, little ice creams in school. If you had an extra nickel, you could buy an ice cream because I'm old. Shut up. <laughs> and it came with a wooden spoon. Yep. And it tasted like wooden spoon, but you didn't care because it was like chocolate wood. Mm-mm-mm. I say, and you use two pieces instead of one. Strawberry shortcake sandwiches oh. are fucking fantastic. Oh. 
you throw some butter pecan in between some oatmeal cream pies. Mm-hmm. Buddy. Well, I don't know if it counts as a sandwich, but once I discovered brownies and ice cream could go together with bananas and chocolate. I, I'd life call it more of a Sunday, that unless was... you're putting those brownies together. Yeah, baby. Uh-huh. Yeah. And there's a little hot fudge on there and just hold it on the sides. Uh-huh. Oh, it's it's um ridiculous and um decadent and it's something you shouldn't do too often or your heart will explode but it's amazing let's say and a thing that people often overlook that you might have in your freezer right now not just you but everyone listening waffles you throw mm. some ice cream in between some fucking good blueberry like ego waffles dude that reminds me again of something a pleasant memory from my child my mom got remarried and um my stepfather or well, my father he like he would sell liquor to and you know, he'd sell wines and liquors to restaurants. This was before California wine was a thing. And he, would, he knew every restaurant owner everywhere, all over Chicago. But we loved to go to, like, the Greek joints. They're, they're like fancy Coney Islands. You know, it's got 100 things on the menu. Uh-huh. Always, always Rosa Marina soup on And Tuesday. they're all made out of the same six things. Yes. <laughs> How do you want it arranged? But, you know, you could always get good carne asada because you knew all the cooks were Mexican. And the fucking soup was on point. But you, you every Sunday, he, every once in a while, he would take us out and we'd either get this giant, giant uh, apple pancake, the big German apple pancakes, you know the ones I'm talking about, uh-huh. take 45 minutes. <laughs> These things were fucking ridiculous. Throw a scoop of ice cream on the goddamn thing. Oh, but no, he. I remember the first time he's like, Jamie, I'm like, what? He's like, I ordered you breakfast. And I'm like, what? He's like, shut up. <laughs> Just eat it. And he fucking bring me out this giant ass round waffle with like three pounds of whipped cream, three scoops of ice cream, and you know that gloopy strawberry, not not just strawberries and simple syrup, but the stuff that's just syruping out. Yep. That just plops out of the fucking number ten can. Just. Uh huh. Sure do. And I took a bite of that, and the hum got so loud in my head that I transcended in space and time. I was floating about. Two feet off that goddamn table. I'd never had anything quite like it in my life. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Yeah. And it, I think we've already mentioned it, but another thing that everybody has at least one fond memory of is a fucking burger. Oh, hell yeah. I Dude. mean, sandwiches are so fucking like, important to almost everybody that we kind of forget how important they are. Just like, oh yeah, slap some shit between some bread. It's mm-hmm. a sandwich. Well, no, it's not just a sandwich. Like, sandwiches are kind of the cornerstone of like, when people go to work, what do you bring? A sandwich. Uh-huh. You need to go out and grab lunch. You go into a place, besides maybe a taco. I think you picked this topic on purpose because you know I can't say sandwich right. God damn you. I had to say it 50 times in a row and I'm like facilitating between really thinking about it and going sandwich or sandwich is fucking tough. It is a sandwich. Okay, good. There. Did that make you feel a little better? Yeah, I'm going to try not to facilitate no more. horse's ass. I can't help myself, man. Anyway, I, I think I've gone on long enough just to uh, show a little bit of appreciation for the concept of the sandwich well, and how just important it is to me personally. I'm trying to remember where I was living, but it was in a real Polish neighborhood. I got it wasn't too far out of UK Village, I think. And for all three people that are listening that know what I'm talking about, it was an all Polish neighborhood. And you go into the deli with the hanging meats. You could bite a pork chop off the wall, the breaded pork chop that's been smoked. It's been hanging there for a minute, but it, you. It's fine. Right. You, you say, I want that pork chop in a sandwich, and they give it to you, and you don't have to put anything on it. And then they give you a pickle as big as a sandwich. 
ah, and it's crunchy and smoky and cold and beautiful. And they don't have anything like that out here. And I miss it like you wouldn't believe, dude. Say, one of the best ways to start your day, breakfast sandwich. Hells yeah. What what are you going to do with the croissant and that sausage patty and that egg? You're going to slap some cheese on it and you're going to eat that motherfucker. Mm -hmm. Salt, pepper, and hot sauce. Boom. Because a breakfast sandwich is one of the finest, again, one of the finest sandwiches in the world. Now, for a lot of people, the amount of calories that I would ingest for the morning would really fuck them up if, you know, they ate like that all the time. What people don't realize is as a cook, I can't eat while I'm working. It's too hot. I'm fucking tired of food. I don't want to look at it. So before I go to work, especially when I was working days, I'd go get like the the sandwich. You know, some of the breakfast sandwiches are almost a thousand calories. Uh huh. Because it's gonna pull me through all eight hours of work. Uh huh. Nobody eats as badly. I and nobody in the world eats as badly as cooks. Waiters number two, but we all eat like shit, dude. Junkies. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we don't fucking want to do it. I get home, the last thing I want I lived on Jack's Pizzas for years because I couldn't bring myself to cook at home. Yeah. I had every piece of everything I needed in the kitchen to make whatever I wanted. I had enough money to go buy whatever food I wanted. And no, <laughs> if it wasn't packaged or quick, fuck a bunch of all that. Yep. Or you could order out, get a nice good sandwich, also known as a calzone. Ooh, calzones are delicious. Man, it, it, it just blows my mind that... How much we don't actually think about and appreciate the sandwich. Oh, we should take a, a mo- Everybody should take a moment out of their day and A, have a sandwich. Uh-huh. And B, appreciate the sandwich. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because sandwiches are fan-fucking-tastic. Abso-fucking-lutely. Unlike you bungholes. Yeah, bungholes. <laughs> anyway, put a on lot that of, note. Put a lot of B on that bunghole. I, oh, I always put a lot of B on the bunghole. <laughs> yep. Eat that ass. Yep. <laughs> yep no cap that ass so I was trying to remember was it the Samuel L. Jackson quote from True Romance man, you eat the pussy man I eat the pussy I eat the butt I eat all every motherfucking thing yep ah uh, uh, good times well yep I think we should end it on Samuel L. hell hey, yeah hey James hmm. where can people find us oh we're shit not, I thought we're not done. ending it on Samuel L. where can people find us they can find us on horrorvomitpodcast at gmail.com they can find us on the Instagram they can find us on the Facebook. They can all. We also have our own little fa- little page on the Facebook where you can kind of message us directly. We would also like if you could and give a five word or a five star review on any of the podcatchers. And uh, I think that's it. And if you don't, your next sandwich is gonna suck. Yeah, because we're gonna it. put that hoodoo on it. Ooh. I wasn't going to, no. I well, was just, now I will. I, I was just hoping for bad luck. I wasn't oh, no. going to actively participate because, in, you know, in haunting a sandwich. But, you know, I can't not. And actually, that is pretty <laughs> rude of me. Uh, we'll just say I hope one of your parents dies because nobody wants a bad sandwich. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that would just be awful. It would be terrifying.